Hey, this is Patrick Renna, and you are listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Uh, give it a listen, enjoy, and when you're done with that, go on over to yourkillingmepod.com and listen to mine. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the man cave, your host, Elias. Patrick, uh, welcome to the cave. Hey, thanks for having me. What's going on, man? What's new with you? You know, lots. You know, just it's been busy out here in L.A., so... uh, it's, you know, we were talking about it. I'm a new dad. I mean, I guess it's not new anymore. He's almost two and a half. I can't believe it. Wow. Well, yeah, time flies. I have a I have a four-year-old daughter, and my son's going to be two in October, and just time flies, my friend. Yeah, it does. So it's starting to get fun with him, though. He's, uh, he's starting to really enjoy me, which is nice. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you've been busy, man, the last few years, huh? Numerous TV shows uh, and movie appearances, fatherhood, like I said. The listeners know you from the Sandlot, Son-in-Law, Glow on Netflix. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. Now you're also a host of uh, your Killing Me podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that. I want the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, so where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from Boston, uh, you know, born and raised at uh, my my dad and his whole family's from the North End, and I was born in the Back Bay, but I, the first place I really lived was the North End, and then I sort of moved around to different suburbs of, of Boston. Oh, nice. Like I, like I said, I'm originally from Massachusetts also, so I've been in Boston plenty of times. How cool. did you, did you enjoy growing up in Boston before you moved to LA? I did. I, I you know, I'm really glad that I grew up on the East Coast to kind of experience something different. Uh, you know, LA, LA is a wonderful city, but it's it's a an interesting city too. You know, there's the good and bad, but I think that's the way that it is in all cities. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice to you know experience uh, the what I think is the polar opposite in in Boston to LA. You know, Boston's like a small big city, and it's pretty compact. And um, you know, I I don't know. I guess it just you get different values depending on the cities you're in. I was just in Chicago, and it. It's a completely different feel than any other city I've ever been in. I haven't spent a lot of time there. So it's nice, you know, it's nice to have grown up in a different city. And, you know, the sports ain't bad in Boston. So oh, yeah. it's, that's also nice. Yeah, we got to admit we're a little spoiled when it comes to sports. A little bit, yeah. And then out here in L.A., they're a little spoiled too. So I've only lived in spoiled cities. My co-host calls me a bandwagon fan, but I don't know what to tell you. I've been only in championship cities. I don't know what to say. <laughs> So uh, growing up in Boston, uh, or even as a kid, growing up as a kid, what were you into? Uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of theater growing up, and I knew I wanted to act. But honestly, I was just a regular kid. The The stuff that I loved was sports. I, I loved baseball. If you can believe it, you know, a five foot six little dude actually played uh, a lot of basketball, too. So th- those were my two sports. I got a mean jumper. <laughs> there you go. So, so what pursued you into acting? Was there a, a particular movie or a TV show that you watch one day and you're like, this is what I want to get into? You know, I, I just doing school plays and different, you know, simple things like that in Boston. And uh, I just really, I enjoyed it. And it was something that I always knew 
that I loved and just even from childhood appreciating it. And so then I, my, my mother moved out to LA and she brought me with her and it just, it kind of just happened. You know, I, I knew I wanted to do it. She knew I wanted to do it and I just sort of fell into it and it was kind of, um, the, you know, a happy accident. Yeah. How old were you, uh, when you got into the field and how old were you like when you moved to, from Boston to LA? I, I was 13 when I came to LA. My father still lived in Boston. He now lives in Florida. But so I, I would go back and forth quite a bit from LA to Boston. But uh, yeah, I came out here pretty early. And, you know, I, I got into school, got into sports out here and, and, and acting. Did you take acting classes at 13? Yeah, I, I had been in classes for a lot of my teens and early 20s, um, which was fun. You know, it was sort of like I guess that was sort of like my college, you know, the, the class that I went to too was very rigorous and, you know, it was twice a week, uh, four or five hours. Uh, but when you would put a scene up, it'd have to, you know, it was basically like putting a play up. So you'd put in a lot of work, uh, on, off hours and things like that. So it wasn't quite the college schedule, but you know, I would, I would do about 20 hours a week on that. And I did that for about a decade. So, wow. Now, yeah. uh, do you remember, uh, what was your first gig that you landed? I mean, basically Sandlot. That okay. that you know, I did a small role on a little TV show right before that. But so I booked my first two auditions, which was crazy. You know, I remember meeting with the agent out here in LA, and she said, "Don't be surprised if you don't work for a year." And then I was lucky enough to basically book Sandlot. Sandlot was kind of they had already cast all the other guys and. I think something happened where one of the roles switched or something, so the role of Ham needed to be recast. And so, again, it was one audition with the director, and then he told me, come out and meet the guys tomorrow. You don't get, you don't have the job, though. I don't think you have it. You need to get along with these guys. So oh, wow. I went out and I met them all, and you know, I was bigger than all of them, so I told them they better better like me so I get this thing. <laughs> and they listened. Do you now remember, they're all big. Now they're all bigger than me. Do you remember so I the? Can't, I can't do it anymore. Do you remember the the audition? Yeah, it, I actually vividly remember it. It's funny because I I have done a bunch of movies since, and there I don't remember other movies like I remember Sandlot because it was my first, and it and I think because of how much it's meant to so many other people, then it sort of starts to mean more to me. Um, but yeah, I it was in um, a city called Studio City in L.A. right by a a big studio and it was across the street in a, a casting office and I went in there, the director was in there. You know, originally he had some honeymooners lines in the script. So my, the whole audition was just me. I, I think it was in the scene where we're playing the, I don't want to call them the bad guys, but I guess if there are bad guys of the Sandlot, it's the, you know, the tigers. And one of them slides in at home and I tag him out. And then I go, you're out of here to the moon, Alice, and, you know, do this whole honeymooner thing. So that was it didn't make it in the movie, but that's what my audition was. And I think the director just really liked it and had fun. And, you know, the the casting director was uh, a, was a, a legendary casting director. So she she had a lot of say, too. And uh, she's not around anymore, but she loved me and it, it, it was perfect. And, you know, they were giving me a job. So I definitely loved them. Now, when you auditioned for the movie, did you know it was about you know kids playing baseball, or did they like try to keep that like on the secret side? No, I don't think I don't think anyone knew Sandlot was going to become what it did. So there was really nothing 
quiet about it. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, I, there's always something like, hey, don't, you know, don't go spoil it, the ending or, or this or that. But it didn't have that sort of like Star Wars sequel, you know, don't say anything or Game of, you know, Game of yeah. Thrones or yeah. any of these things. Like, it was not like that at all. And yeah, you could read the script and knew what it was about and knew what I was getting into. And yeah. So after you got the role, how did you prepare playing Ham? There wasn't really much preparation. I mean, I'm from Boston, so that kind of worked for me. Yeah. You know, I'm already a loudmouth, and uh, I play baseball. So it, I, I think that was part of the, the process the director went through as well, was to really cast people that at least had similarities to their character so that he could pull that out of them. And it wasn't like a complete 180. You know, the only one actually that wasn't like that was Tom Guyrie, who played Scotty Smalls. And funny enough, even at 13, he was the most um, the most studied actor of all of us. And you could tell, like he he knew his stuff even even at 13. But he, you know, he was like a a karate kid and cool and from Jersey and could do the splits. And there was nothing dorky about that guy. <laughs> So now, you know, the, the Sandlot, you know, holds a special place. I mean, everybody talks about it after all these years. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, you know, to this day, people still love that movie. It's pretty special. You know, I, I kind of always say the reason people act and, and do these things is so that they can create something that's timeless and something that means that much to people. You know, uh, I don't think any of us knew it was going to be that. But the fact that it has turned into that is, is uh, it's, you know, humbling and it's an honor. Yeah. How do you how do you feel like when fans come up to you just to talk to you about the movie and stuff like that? You know, it, it's great. It, it's it's crazy that now it's like three generations. You know, I'll yeah. now meet I don't know fifty year old grandfathers with their thirty year old son and his ten year old son. You know, and they've all seen it, which is it's it's pretty wild to, it, you know, it's wild to be around kids that are. 10 to 15 I was at a grocery store next to a high school the other day and there were a bunch of high school kids that came up to me and you're going you guys weren't even a thought when this movie came out like you know there this movie came out 15 10 years before you were born and that's pretty wild yeah wow like did you ever did you ever like in the craziest idea ever imagine that Sandlot would be a cult classic no, I, I I had no idea that it would be like that. You know, when you're filming movies, you definitely get the sense if something's good or not. And I think we knew that it, it was good. I think we knew that we weren't doing a, you know, it wasn't, it didn't suck. Yeah. So we, we had the sense that something, something magical was happening, but not to that level. Yeah. Now you recently reunited with the cast. Uh, I think it was like last year around this time, wasn't it? Yeah. How was yeah. that? That was great. I, I haven't seen some of them in 25 years, so it was it was pretty great to see them, and we kind of just fell right back into it, you know. There's definitely a brotherhood we share uh, because I think we're all part of this special movie, and even though we haven't seen each other the whole time, you know, it is something that we share together. So to get together with them has been pretty great. Yeah. Now, in the movie, do you have a favorite scene? I mean, I know everybody, you know, I, I, I'm sure you heard it a hundred times, you know, the, the phrase, you're killing me smalls, but do you have a favorite yeah. scene that you enjoyed more? I think, God, I mean, that scene, the, the, the treehouse camp out scene was definitely a fun one. That, that treehouse they built, 
you know, and even the tree was a fake tree. So they built the whole tree. Uh, the Timmins house and Mr. Myrtle's house were just facades that they built. So it was like being on a soundstage, but outside. So even that was pretty magical uh, for, you know, a 13 year old. And the treehouse, the prop master uh, and set decorators and art directors on, on that movie were are second to none. I mean, they they did such a fantastic job. So when you're in the treehouse, it felt like we were in a treehouse. And, and the way that the director, David Mickey Evans, really created the environments, he, he worked very hard for things to feel the way they should and, you know, to control improv because sometimes improv can get out of hand in movies, but he had a great way of controlling it so that it made sense for the movie. So that scene, we were camping out. It was nighttime. It was fun. So I, I did have a blast there. And I mean, come on, I was eating s'mores. There you go. But I, yeah, like nothing, nothing better than that. I think my favorite scene to film was probably the, you know, they, they, they're together in the movie where I, um, I face off with Phillips from the tigers and we have the whole insult scene and then it goes into me behind the, the plate talking trash. The originally the, the, the first scene the you play ball, like a girl scene was written for, uh, Mike was written for Benny. And I, that morning got a knock on the trailer and one of the director's assistants came and said, Hey, uh, the director wants you to do this scene. And I, I think it was because at, we had already filmed quite a bit of the movie by then. And he had, he saw that Benny was sort of becoming this, this hero. And I don't think he wanted his hero to have this big cuss out scene, but he thought, you know, Hey, you know, who could do it? It's ham. So I got to, it was th that morning and it wasn't very hard to memorize the lines. Cause you know, I don't know how hard it is to memorize pee drinking crap face, but, uh, <laughs> You know, so that that was a lot of fun because it was also just dropped on me and ended up turning into one of the more memorable scenes. And then the other scene on their field was basically all improv, but it it's not it wasn't just me improving. It was the director was in a dugout with a bullhorn and he just rolled the camera and had each tiger come up to the plate and then they he would say, Okay, get ready. All right. Pat say this and he'd yell out some insult and I'd sort of chuckle and then I'd say it. And so it was sort of a, a director improv and I might've thrown a few things in there, but uh, I think those were my two favorites to film. Wow. wow. Now there's been rumors lately that, I mean, when I read an article that they're going to do a Sandlot series. Yeah. Is that a hundred percent now or what? Well, I don't think anything in this business is 100%, but yeah. I, from what I understand, it's 99%. Uh, we all, they pulled us all in to a meeting on the west side of LA, and we went up to Fox Television and met with some producers that are doing it, and they said it's like, you know, pretty much a go. And Disney, Disney bought Fox, so, and Disney has their new streaming platform, yeah. Disney Plus, so it would come out on that. So I think everything's just on the desks of, Disney executives kind of just reading it over and make sure they like it. But they sort of told told me what the the concepts were, and I, I liked it. I thought it was actually – I thought it could be really cool. And my character has a lot of stuff with the Squints character, which I think will be fun. So, like, where do you want to see your character be without spoiling it? I mean, obviously, it would be – somewhat in the 80s and it's all of us as parents now and then i think it would focus on our kids so i think that would be a fun a fun 
part to it, uh, to be, you know, Ham Porter, to be a father. I, I also could just tell you to go watch the end of the movie and it kind of spoils it for you. I think, I don't yeah. think they're going to, they're going to deviate from that too much. You know, yeah. I think Bertram gets lost in the sixties or whatever, the seventies. And I think, <laughs> you know, yeah. Benny becomes a Dodger and Ham becomes a wrestler. And so I think there's, you know, it, it might be after some of that, but I don't, I don't think they're, they're going too far from the original idea. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. The director wrote the series in the movie. Right. Third, 25 years earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all written there. Now, uh, tell us, uh, how much fun was it of uh, filming, uh, with Polly Shore, uh, son-in-law? Oh, that was a blast. You know, he was like a big brother cause I'm an only child. And that, that was like just my first big brother experience. I mean, I was a huge Saved by the Bell fan. So I had Tiffany Amber Thiessen on the show, yeah. on the movie. And that was just like, my jaw was dropping to the floor every time she was around and she knew it too. So she'd, she was so sweet, but you know, I mean, I, I was just in love. And then I had Polly Shore going, relax, relax, relax. You got to play this cool, you know? And, uh, so it, it was, I mean, it was amazing. And he, he, you know, just, it was a pretty beautiful experience. I was the only kid on that whole movie yeah. for three months. How, and how old were you in the movie and how old was uh, Tiffany at that time? Uh, she, she was probably, you know, 18, 19. I was 14, 15, okay. you know? Yeah. So she was out of my league. Um, but, hey, you know, you can still have a crush, right? Yeah, we all had a crush on her. That's what yeah, I was asking. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and to be fair, it was that way. It was I that had the crush. I'm pretty sure she didn't uh, reciprocate that crush. But, <laughs> anyway, you know, we got along. And But that was the thing that was crazy. Like, Carla Gugino was my sister, and she's blossomed and had a wonderful career. But I had all these, you know people that were soon either would become wonderful actors or like Tiffany had great careers or Lane Smith was my dad. Mason Adams was my grandpa. Yeah. Cindy Pickett was my mom. And these, these guys all had quite a bit of a career, you know, uh, they, so, it, and, and I knew that they did, and I was starting to get old enough to appreciate that sort of stuff. Um, so that, that was a lot of fun. I was told to ask you, you have a scene in that movie where Polly Shore pinches your cheeks how yes, hard she, how hard was it cheeks. yeah how hard was it not to laugh at that seed uh the whole thing was 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 impossible you know the it's funny actually the audition for son-in-law was a, a half a block away from the audition for sandlot now that i think about it but i auditioned for that and i went straight to paulie shore and he was in the room when i went there and i i think people already knew me a bit from sandlot so um maybe that helped but I, I went in and he did that, that scene where he kind of comes up and tries to intimidate me. And I did some sort of improv that he started cracking up and I, I booked it right there because of that, you know? Have you ever run into Polly Shore since then? A couple times. Yeah. I, I was going to have him on my podcast too. He, when I started out, I, he, you know, I talked to him and he said, I'm in, let me know. He said, get a few under your belt and then call me. So I gotta, I gotta make that happen now. There you go. So uh, last year, how were you approached for uh, Glow for Netflix? You know, the the opportunity just kind of came out, and um, I met with you know the the people over there, and they they liked what I had to offer, and I think uh, you know the show there was a no brainer to do that show, you know, um, and that that was an amazing experience. I knew I've grown up with uh, Melrose, Jackie Tone, who is one of the stars of the show. And so it was really nice to actually, cause there's, there's a, a huge cast and 
they're all extraordinarily talented and obviously the show is big. So it was a bit intimidating, but I had like an insider. So she kind of brought me around and it, it was an amazing experience. And funny enough, they were all Sandlot fans, all literally every single, not, not the main, main ones, but the, the rest of the main characters all loved Sandlot and that's who I did most of my scenes with. So it was a lot of fun. Like we, and I was a huge glow fan. So we uh, we fanboyed out with each other and fangirled out. My next question was actually going to be: Were you a fan of like just wrestling growing up in the eighties? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how you couldn't be a fan of Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. You know, I saw him the other day. Guy still looks good, Hulk Hogan. Really? Yeah, he still looks good for however old he is. But yeah, that was my those those were my guys. I you know I was a little old i think for like the rock i didn't i sort of lost interest in wrestling when the rock came out but now so now i more know him as dwayne johnson and love the movies he does and ballers and things like that but i wasn't into wrestling i think at that point i I was more of the old school yeah yeah nothing's gonna be like the old school ever yeah no no way so and now you host a podcast how did you decide you wanted to start a podcast you know it's just um it's a lot of fun. I, I have, I have a good time. I do it with, uh, two really good friends of mine and it's, you know, a sports and entertainment p- podcast, but it's sports for the casual fan. And, uh, cause that's what we are. We don't get into like deep analytics and things. It's just, we, I love all sports. My co-host loves all sports. Our third co-host, we call him the sports dork. So he doesn't, he doesn't know anything about sports, but it's adds, it makes for some good, some good hilarity. Yeah. Uh, it's on my phone. I've listened to it at work and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's great. You guys argue a lot too. Yeah. You know, we got to, right. I mean, cause I know you, you're, you're always pushing how you're a huge new England fan and everything and they get mad at you. Well, I, it's because I, I, I say that I'm, my loyalty lies with new England. However, I'm not an LA hater, which I think nobody can comprehend, but I've been in LA for 20 years. Know. So, know. you know, I grew, I grew up with, watching these guys and all you know this kobe and Shaq rule the city and it's kind of hard to not appreciate that you know and then with the patriots i i haven't lost any love for the patriots because i there was no football team in la for 20 years so i had no one else to root for so it's been patriots all the way and now the rams are here and you know but i'll go to a rams game and i'm just not that guy that will go to a, a game and will wear the opposing hat and you know piss everyone off that's yeah. just not i don't do that it was it was it this past summer you went to boston again you went to a fenway to a game yeah i went to uh fenway i think that was only the second time i'd ever been there I, I went once as a kid but i went there with my whole family i brought both sides dad's side mom's side I hadn't seen them in years and uh the the socks won which was great we had we had some nice seats uh behind home plate but then my dad and i went to the green monster and watched the end of the game there yeah. uh, and i you know because i had never been up there and they're actually you have to have like a ticket just for the green monster yeah but they're pretty amazing seats i didn't realize how good because normally you know you go to dodger stadium and you watch in the bleachers out back and it's okay and you get all you can eat and that's fun but the the green monster seats are actually really good seats yeah, I agree. I've sat up there a few times uh, before they got really expensive, and they were. It's been great up there. Yeah, it's not cheap. Not yeah. cheap. So uh, you did take some time off from acting because now you're not, you're a full time father. Are you trying to ease back into acting? What's the next uh, step? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I guess I took a little bit of time off, but not. I've never really fully kind of walked away from it. Uh, I just love it too much, and now absolutely getting back into it more and more. And I produced and acted in a movie a couple of years back, and that sort of spring me back into the whole game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then with the 25th anniversary, there's been opportunities there, and then Glow, and yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely what I've always done, and I, I love it. Yeah. Where do you see yourself like another 10 years from now? What do you hope to accomplish? Jeez, I mean, I, I would love to see the Sandlot show go. That would be a lot of fun to do it, as long as it, you know, is is, you know, produced and done well. I think because. I think Sandlot's such a classic that you don't want to do anything to ruin it. But if it's sort of like the Cobra Kai thing with Karate Kid, I think they did a great job. Yeah. Uh, and you're not trying to be a sequel, you know. I think that's an important part of it. Um, but I, I, you know, I'd love to do that, and would love to, uh, yeah, just do tons of movies. And my wife and I want to have one more kid, so want to want to be a father of two, you know. Yeah. You mentioned Cobra Kai. Are you have you watched it? Are you a fan of it? I I watched the first episode or two i mean you understand when you have a youngster oh, yeah. your, your time for tv is pretty limited so i don't usually make it through entire seasons of something anymore yeah. but i try and catch a couple episodes to get a feel for it oh, and yeah. what i saw was amazing i thought the way they opened that show episode one was brilliant yeah. i don't know have you seen it yeah i've actually caught up with it uh, okay the first the seasons but yet, like you said you're always going to be behind on shows once you have kids Oh, yeah. But the way that they, you know, had the crane kick and Johnny was face down on the ground and then they open him yeah. 20 years later, face down with a beer, drooling, passed out, hungover. Yeah. It just was awesome. Yeah. It, how do you want really opening scene Sandlot series? How do you where do you want to see him? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I would like to see him on a rope, you know, with uh, some sort of awesome wrestling outfit on doing some sort of dive and, uh, you know, just something. I mean, come on. Yeah. I think that's the way you got to open it with ham. So I know you're going to be in the Rhode Island Comic Con coming up in November. Do you enjoy doing the cons? I do, yeah. You know, I I've, I I enjoy them a lot. They're, it's a nice time to sort of check out a new city, but also it's just it's great because the people that are coming, they love the movie, and it's an opportunity to say hi to them in – a kind of you know a, a space that is meant for that purpose so it's nice because it, it's you're ready for it and they they're ready for it and it's just a really good opportunity to meet people and everyone's there to have a good time so it's right. a, a lot of fun yeah how many cons do you think you've done i've only done like two okay. so I'm, I'm doing a couple more this year but um yeah i, I haven't actually done a ton so uh, when you have like a you know, young actors come up to you and say they want to get to the acting world. What's some advice that you give them? You know, I, I mean, I think, uh, gosh, I, I loved a piece of advice Brian Cranston gave once, which I thought was really good, which is that, you know, you, you need to put everything, all of you into something and, you know, for the audition process, say, and, and you really, you create something that is yours and then, is a story you want to tell and you give it your all. And then at the end of, end of that, you, you don't think about it again. You leave it at the door, you move on, and you just you, you basically end off. And whatever happens, happens, because at that point it's out of your hands. And so you basically are acting for yourself and to tell a story, and at that point you move on. And I, I really, 
I loved that and I think that it's true because if you are acting for other people, you're, especially in this day and age where any opinion is a tweet away, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, you, you, have to, you have to do it um, for yourself and for the art of it and then you do have to just drop it and move on, uh, especially in the audition world and in Hollywood because sometimes things are completely out of your hands. And you know you may not get a job not just because of your talent, but because they want a blonde or a brunette yeah. or a redhead. You know, it's it could be that simple. Some some boss could be like, nope, we need this, and it you know it doesn't. So at that point, it is out of your hands. And as long as you've done your job, I think that's all that is important. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. What is one fun fact that you want the listeners to know about you? About me? Whoa. Um, you know, God, that's a tough one. I guess, uh, I mean, I, I, I love telling people about the podcast cause that's kind of a fun fact. Um, let's see what's more of a fun fact. I'm, I'm a sick bowler. How about that? <laughs> there you go. I, uh, I, my best game's 265. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's and amazing. I straight bowl. I don't do the curve. I just straight bowl. Oh yeah. That's what I, whenever I, yeah. when I used to bowl with my friends and everything, I, that's all I did. Yeah. I'm really good at those games. Pool, bowl, ping pong, all those stupid little games. Well, not stupid. You know. <laughs> so you've done plenty of interviews. What's one question you wish you got asked at interviews that nobody ever asks you? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've done interviews. I, I feel like I've been asked a lot. So yeah. I, I've never thought about something I wish I was asked Um I don't think I have anything. It's oh, all right. So uh, the, uh, you're pretty uh, social on social media. How can the listeners find you on social media? Just my name, at Patrick Renna on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can go to the show, uh, you'rekillingmepod.com, and that takes you to any of the places that you can listen to the podcast. It's, uh, you know, it's, on, it's everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Do you try to release episodes every week on the podcast? We do. We release every. We basically release Sunday night for your, your Monday morning drive. All right. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we end this? No, I mean, yeah, give it a listen and uh, enjoy. And uh, I think uh, we'll we'll both be waiting for that that new Sandlot show and we'll enjoy that when it comes out. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking forward to it. And you know, when my kids get older, I want to play them the Sandlot, and I want to. Hopefully the series will be out by then too. Yeah, I think the age is about five to six that you can start with the Sandlot. Yeah. So your daughter's almost there. She's almost there. She actually played T-ball this year for the first time, and she had a blast. Oh, amazing! So yeah, you'll you'll see. You'll have fun doing that stuff. Yeah, can't wait. So, Patrick, this was fun. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man.